You are listening to Life Improvement Radio on the Helium Radio Network. Hey everybody, how's it going today? Aaron Richmond here with another exciting episode of Aaron's Opinion, the podcast for blind people where we speak about critical issues in the blindness community from all over the world. Telephone number to be part of the program, whether it's a text message contribution or a voicemail or you just want to get in touch with me and talk. That's great. I hope you do. one 641 Aaron's Opinion 6 at gmail.com. A-A-R-O-N-S-O-P-I-N-I-O-N-6 at gmail.com. Follow on Facebook, Twitter, comment below on YouTube. Even consider becoming a patron on my Patreon page. I appreciate the support. Tonight's guest, or this morning's guest, or today's guest, whenever you are listening to this particular episode, um, whenever you're listening, know that this guest, today's guest, is brought to you by and brought to us by Chris Walker. Chris Walker um, is the, or is or was the president of the Winchester chapter of the National Federation of the Blind in Virginia. I appreciate him very much because he gave me this guest. Ladies and gentlemen, from Guyana, please welcome Leroy Phillips. Leroy Phillips is a journalist in Guyana, a Guyanese journalist who happens to be blind. He became blind as a child, um, and you know, and in in the in this episode, it was never really clear exactly why he became blind. Quite quite frankly, um, th- there was obviously a reason, but you know, sometimes, you know, when you're a child, you know, when you're five years old, I think Leroy was when he became blind. You know, things are not always explained. And sometimes in certain parts of the world, things are not always known. So, you know, we, we'd sometimes take that for granted in the, the Americas or, you know, the States. But a lot of times, uh, and we, we've, you guys have heard it a lot on the show before, a lot of people from other countries become blind um, through various diseases or, or various different reasons, a combination of many things. Anyway... Um, Leroy um, graduated high school, and then um, I forget, as I'm recording this this intro intro track, I forget <clears throat> if he uh, specifically went to university or if he just started working for NCN Guyana. Either way, he's a journalist. He has met some very interesting people around the world, and he has his own radio show. Um, and he produces a lot of shows down there. Oh, hey, come to think of it, I just, I just as I'm as I'm recording this intro track for you guys, I, I just remembered I gotta, I gotta go talk to Leroy about giving me the website um, that he that his station is on, so that you guys can click that link in the in the description for you guys. Yeah, um, but anyway, anyway, um, from basically from the only or one of the very few English speaking countries in Latin America, please welcome. Leroy Phillips from Guyana. The following episode was recorded on the 17th of August at 2000 New York. Whether you're, no matter, you know, you could be listening to this episode um, on your podcast player at anywhere in the world at any time. But on the radio side, on Life Improvement Radio, it's definitely Thursday, definitely 12 o'clock. It's time for Aaron's opinion on Life Improvement Radio on the Helium Radio Network. Well, Leroy, I would like to begin the interview by thanking you for joining me this evening. Um, here at Aaron's, here's at Aaron's opinion. Um, my first question to you, Leroy, is in fact, 
I kind of have heard of your name before, but I don't really know much about you. So if you could please start by telling our audience, so who are you? Who is Leroy Phillips? Go right ahead. Well, <clears throat> Leroy Phillips is just a, a rather simple, but um, fashionable when I get ready in my own, um, ways, own ways, a young person from the only English speaking country in the South American continent called Guyana. Now persons often get confused with G-U-Y-A-N-A -A with Ghana uh, located in Africa. So Guyana is, pardon? Right, right, it's not, it's not Guyana, it's not Ghana, it's Guyana. Guyana. Guyana, yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like the word G-U-Y for Guyana. Guyana, yeah. Right. So I'm, does that person live in this side of the world, sandwiched between Brazil, Suriname, which is a Dutch speaking country, and Venezuela. We're wedged right between those three uh, countries. Um, I'm a disability advocate here though. Uh, one of the leading disability advocates here in Guyana among a few others. We're now trying to grow that network of advocates here in Guyana so that the disability movement could be further uh, you know, amplified or further enhanced or further improved. But yeah, I play a number of, well, I play different roles in society, not only as an advocate, but I'm also involved in sport. I'm also within uh, broadcasting. I'm a radio announcer slash producer. I'll get to that in a minute. So just to let you know, I was born blind with glaucoma. So would you like to share um, how you became blind, by the way? Great question, Aaron. So at the age of six, um, I acquired my blindness. Um, I live with my paternal side, uh, paternal grandmother um, and I live with that of the family predominantly basically all my life. Um, and at the age of six, while in primary school, I had to leave school because I wasn't participating well, so the teacher thought, oh, he's just being a stubborn student. Get out of here and go home and tell your mom or grandmother why I sent you home. And I realized when I went into the compound that midday, 12 noon, the sun was extremely hot and I wasn't able to see properly. So I struggled, spun on my feet, running around, looking for where the exit is to go home. And my aunt because all of us came from the same household and we all attended the same school, which is about 12 corners or 12 blocks away. So we walked to school and walked back home daily, five days a week. Um, so when my aunt saw that I looked lost um, in the middle of the compound, she came to my rescue. She's like, what's going on, Leroy? I said, oh, I'm, I'm not seeing where the exit is. She too wasn't um, observant of what could possibly be the cause of that. She directed me to where the entrance, the exit was. And I, I think I had a little vision left because I walked in the hot sun <clears throat> and I went home. Um, but upon reaching home, I remember my grandmother was sitting opposite the bottom part of the stairway. And um, she was giving me uh, something like a popsicle or an icicle. Um, and that's... Uh, that's the moment when it slipped out of my hand and went onto the ground. So when it went onto the ground, I went on my knees 
and I put both hands on the well, both hands on the ground, but the right hand, because I'm a right-hander, sweeping in a sweeping motion with palms down. And my grandma's like, Leroy, why are you doing that? I'm like, her call name is Oi. So I was like, Oi, I can't see where the icicle gone. And she's like, what? What do you mean you can't see? And I, I can't recall what else happened after then. I just told her I can't see and I wasn't able to see. So I got up and I can't even remember. She picked the icicle up for me, but oh, I don't know if I got up back out or what, but I really can't remember what happened that day onward. But that's how it went though. I lost my sight at six and then my grandmother so loved me much. Uh, she took me to many, many, many doctors um, <clears throat> in the country visiting from Cuba, Indian doctors visiting, American doctors visiting, all kinds of things. And they all had their own you know, opinion um, on what might've caused my you know, loss, sudden loss of sight. Um, one terrible um, doctor said, I am HIV positive. I find that to be terrible. And I know you guys listening to this in developed countries like America, United Kingdom, and Canada, and Australia, and these places, they say, oh, he would have been sued. You would have been a rich fellow, Leroy. You could have gotten millions of dollars. But things don't happen like that in Guyana. Guyana needs <clears throat> constitutional reform for things like that to happen. So we couldn't do anything. We weren't the type the academic type um, the family uh, to pursue such measure uh, to deal with the doctor but of course we did numerous tests to see if what he's saying is accurate and not only did I do the test my father my mother my grandmother them all these people did the test to see if this what this doctor is saying is true I remember this happened at a time when HIV slash AIDS was rather rampant in the world so this doctor just ran with this and said, oh, he's HIV positive. But that totally isn't the case because even now that I'm, an, I'm an, adult, an adult, I've done numerous tests still, even though I've been sexually active and still nothing of the sort that was told to me in 1996. So yeah, we did lots of tests. And other than that crazy doctor saying I'm HIV positive, all the other doctors said, this is a mystery. We can't tell what has caused this young man to lose his sight just like that, suddenly at such a tender age. And that's been it. We've moved on since. Okay. So let's move on since. So <laughs> after after high school, um, what did you do? And then try to segue this answer, as we say in radio, try to segue this into um, your interest in radio, broadcasting, podcasting, and what you do today in the broadcasting field. <laughs> Go right ahead. So um, just to fast track it, or just give a little background quickly, my schooling never went well. So I didn't get to learn as most students. I didn't get lots of my proper school materials in Braille or JAWS um, electronically to read with JAWS and so forth to study and be on par with all the other students. So I spent at least 12, 13, 14 years wasting time, picking up little knowledge um, that wasn't um, required of me, but I've, I've developed since. So yeah, fast track to now. Um, Back in 2011, I think it was, early 2011, <clears throat> one of my friends, Ganesh, he is older than I am, but he's um, one of the leading advocates here in the country as well. I received a call from a Peace Corps volunteer who, you know, is always on missions here in Guyana, asked by uh, a prominent broadcaster to invite a disabled person or a person with a disability to participate in a broadcasting training program that would last for a few months. And Ganesh, you know, said, 
he's not sure who to put, but the best person he can think at this moment is Yuli Roy. Because when they called him, they asked for him to nominate somebody who's young, energetic, um, <clears throat> full of ideas, passionate about the media, and all these things, creative and so forth. And he thought I was the best person. And from ten, since that day, I've not looked back since. I've attended all the sessions. Um, I remember the session starting with over 150 non-disabled persons, <clears throat> excluding myself. And uh, within two years, that number dropped significantly, or for, to use a better word, that number dropped from 150 to about three dramatically over a one and a half year period. And the bottom line of the story that I am the last man standing um, of all that um, persons or participants that started the program. So I undergo the training for about six months, four months or so, um, receive a rather small stipend that I was very much appreciative for. Um, and then I grew uh, from that day onward and they eventually confirmed me as a staff and I've been fully employed and treated equally like everybody else in the company at the National Communications Network, NCN. Excellent, perfect. That is the type of network that I want to learn more about because th that's, that's really, really, really important for us blind people to be actively participating and actively um, employed in the journalism field. I think it's really important because blind people like you and me and so many others have all sorts of interesting stories and talents that we can definitely contribute to radio and podcasting and broadcasting. So specifically, um, what what is your job in NCN? What are you what are your responsibilities? So my responsibilities <clears throat> as an announcer producer is basically to produce and host programs, be it live or pre-recorded. Thankfully, in my case, and no thanks in some instances, I do most of my programs pre-recorded. Um, and I, I, I love it that way because it gives me the opportunity to spend just enough time doing advocacy, which I am very passionate about. If I was tied to doing a live shift, it would have, you know, interfered with the amount of advocacy work I did and my university career as well. So I was able to study, do um, I was able to do university, do my work here at the National Communications Network and maintain my role as a disability advocate in the country and traveling as well on vacation and on official duties for disability related matters. So I was able to do quite a lot at the same time while studying and working all these different things. So I'm very thankful for that. So I produce a number of programs focusing on persons with disabilities. The main one is called Reach Out and Touch. It's a weekly half hour program on the voice of Guyana every Sunday at 11 a.m. sharp. Yes, at 11 a.m. sharp and it's rebroadcast every Tuesday at 1500 hours 30. So the country uh, gets to listen to it twice. <clears throat> Most of my other programs too, are music related because my manager in radio back then realized I had a passion for music. I like listening to music. Music really makes me happy. So I surrounded myself with music a lot back then, and even now, more so now. 
So she allows me to produce several programs on um, with music content. I enjoy that. But I'm trying to move away from it a little bit more now because as I grow old, I want to touch on some very serious topic in society. So I'm trying to branch out in that area slowly. I appreciate it. So can you give us more details about some of the programs you produce and, you know, how the program works, what someone can expect if they listen, um, what right. interesting guests you've had, you know, kind of what give it, give us the flavor of it. Give, give us the feel oh. for, for one of these programs, man. So I'm known for being someone with lots of energy. I've interviewed over 200 persons in my 10 years, um, maybe even more than 200 persons um, in a 10 years period. Lots of persons I've interviewed are artists from Jamaica, people from Trinidad, people from Australia, England, India, New Zealand, people from America, well, all of North America, um, Brazil, Suriname, Venezuela, all over the world using internet and when they come to this country on different um, tours and trips and so forth. Um, I've interviewed dozens or hundreds of persons with disabilities. Um, I've interviewed um, ministers in the government over the years from, yeah, ministers for various governments over the years, right here in Ghana within the 10 years period that I've been in the business. I've interviewed a lot of persons in the medical field. I've interviewed a lot of persons within the teaching um, sector as well, private sector, business, public sector. I've done a lot of interviews with the man in the streets. And that's one of the most fantastic um, experiences I'd love to share. Doing interviews with persons in the street could be very, very frightening, very scary uh, for someone who is totally blind. When it was thrown at me, I took it and I ran with it, even though lots of crazy things could have happened to me on the road. Everybody was running up and down in the heat and in the rain, getting things done, shopping. And there goes this blind guy with his cane in his hand and his um, device in his left hand with headset over his ears and mic his mouth and running around in the crowd too with little to no assistance, getting interviewed done. At one time, a car almost reversed and licked me over. But I was very, I was very swift to uh, bounce back when I felt the car coming toward me some more. Uh, but he still... Uh, bumped into my leg though, to, into my thigh to be more specifically, but nothing significant happened. I just brushed it off and never really um, pay attention to it actually happening. Um, but I went on though, uh, but going to my music programs though, my music programs features um, reggae music entirely. It could be um, reggae music produced by artists around the world. Um, it could be music, um, another program also focuses on Caribbean music entirely. Um, that's when you going to the music folder available to you in the system. Uh, you pick artists from all different Caribbean countries and you feature them. You do some background research on this person. For example, if you want to go and do an interview or produce a half hour program on one of Guyana's number one artists who's been very successful in recent years, whose name is Adrian Dutchin, you're going to start the program and say, hello, Guyana, good morning, and welcome to yet another program of the Caribbean Music Box with me, Leroy Phillips. My audio engineer today is Ken Wilson, and together we'll be with you for the next half hour as we bring some entertainment right into your home, right into your vehicle, perhaps right into your ear as you jog down that road early this morning and get yourself in a fit, um, you know, a fit shape or get yourself rather fit uh, to live a healthy life and those kind of things and then you say well before i bring you the song by adrian dutch let's tell you that adrian dutchin was born on the 26th of april 1992 and he was born to mother this and father that and you go on he said did you know that adrian dutchin at the age of 16 uh started to sing but his teacher told him and even dragged him off the stage and say hey boy 
keep singing as a personal hobby. Don't let it be public because you're horrible. And years later, he's now a well-renowned artist right here in the Caribbean. And the vibes is very high, uh, Aaron and listeners, because I always have to reserve uh, the energy to go into that studio to, you know, be electrifying when I deliver the content of the program. And lots of persons would call and say, oh, we're enjoying the energy, we're enjoying the vibes, because, you know, you give people that opportunity to be lively. Lots of persons are at home you know, uh, drowning in their own emotions and their sorrows and all these different things. And when you come on the radio with the, big, the vibes, it tends to transform their mood. So I enjoy, you know, putting on that hat and getting all our beats to listeners at home. I love hearing you talk. I, lo I love, I love your voice. The, your enthusiasm just shines right through, just seeps right through all the, all the way to my end of the microphone, all the way on my side of the string. That's, <laughs> that's so good. That's so good, man. I just, I love your personality. I love the passion, that energy level. That's what I want as a professional broadcaster. And that's someone that I want here at Aaron's Opinion. That's someone that I want in podcasting. The amount of love that you have for what you do. I had another guest just the other day who had this same thing, and I love it. I love guests who love who they are and love who they do and love what they do. And that's clearly who you are. You love it. And that's, I think and you, that's you bring a lot of energy, too, because they enjoy your energy. I appreciate it. What, <laughs> what, energy, what energy do you enjoy? Generally speaking? Yes, I'm kind of, I'm kind of being a little bit, I'm being a little facetious and sarcastic, but yes, what, what, what energy, but now that I run it I up, like, what, what energy do you enjoy from me? I like a lot of, like when people tend to speak up loud and so on, I don't like people who are soft-spoken, you know, right. you're listening to the voice of Guyana, and today we are bringing you coverage of the emancipation the ceremony taking place at the National Park. I don't like to hear that. I like to hear the vibes crank up. Well, listeners throughout the length and breadth of the beautiful nation, Guyana, standing over here at the Kissing Bridge with the sun standing right over my head and the breeze having the three the trees swaying from side to side and the music is having me gyrate on the street and I'm doing my dance style and I'm clicking my fingers and raising my feet in the air and you go on like that. I like to hear the energy. I don't like to hear you know, to quiet broadcast. Right, sure, sure, sure. It's it's interesting you bring it up because actually I'm kind of a low energy person. I, I don't want to say low energy, but I'm more like, um, I mean, I'm sure based on how well this is going, Libra, I'm sure you've listened to one or two of my episodes before. I'm sure you kind of heard my name around the community a little bit, especially from, you know, Mr. Wilbert and all of our great friends all over the Caribbean. But, you know, I, I consider myself to be, I mean, I, I have a lot of energy and enthusiasm for the art of broadcasting, but I also am very stern. I'm more sterner and more serious. So I always like to hear someone who's really upbeat and really puts, you know, that upbeat, you know, love into right. it. I mean, I mean, I, I love what I do. Don't don't even begin to, to get me wrong there. But still, I'm more mm -hmm. I'm more like. Um, I'm more firmer. I'm more serious, and you're more animated. And I and I love the animation, man. It's just so good. <laughs> it's just so good. No, it's not. I I won't particularly turn uh, my radio off if I hear people like you on the radio because I like to hear important content. Um, right. Because they bring you a real in depth look at certain issues that are affecting persons with disabilities in society. Because I learned from you, and when I learn from you, I go on the radio and I talk about what I learned from you. You understand? Yes, yes. So I always so, like to look for advancement. 
That is good. That is good, man. So speaking of that, um, so what are some current issues and some current things that are going on going on on Guyana that you want my audience here at Aaron's Opinion to be aware of? You are the first Guyanese affiliate or first Guyanese person to ever come to Aaron's Opinion. So uh, most people around the world are not terribly familiar with Guyana. So For what's sure. going on down there? What's going on? Right, so we only have a population of 750 and we are 83,000 square, meet, 83, square meters big, right? Um, we're known as the land of many waters, the land of wooden water there. Um, but we have lots of crazy things happening here. Of course, the hottest topic right now is vaccine. Are you getting are you getting your vaccine? Have you been vaccinated? Indeed. Well, indeed, I have. I, in fact, I have two, two doses of Pfizer. Oh, yeah. I envy you. I wanted Pfizer. In my country, Pfizer is not available for us. We have uh, Sputnik V. Sinopharm or Sinopharm, and we also have AstraZeneca. But yeah, vaccine is an issue in Guyana. We have all sorts of unanswered questions about the vaccine. Our government um, is hiding a lot of things from the people. A lot of people are anti-vaccine. Now they're requiring the workplaces to get their staff vaccinated. And if you're not vaccinated, you're fired. Um, they give you a certain amount of time to get vaccinated. If you pass that time, you're not, then they will suspend your service. And there's nothing that could happen with that. You're out of a job, you'll get poor, you'll probably struggle. Yeah, so it's all happening here in Guyana. So that's how we're chucking it now. And you would think persons with disabilities are living good here. We're not. We are among the most marginalized people in this country. And we hardly get um you know the, the the light shining on us we are hardly featured out there our issues are hardly highlighted are hardly taken care of so that's what's happening here in guyana okay all right all right um and so i mean are you finding um are there any other blind people or people with disabilities who work with you at ncn at, at this yes, moment good. Good question you're asking, actually. So at NCN, there's another person that works here. She is about 59 years old. She's been here um, for 36 years. She worked in this company for 36 years when it used to be GBC, Guyana Broadcasting Corporation. Um, that's Julie Lewis. Julie Lewis, L-E-W-I-S. That's fine. We can, we can get her on the program at a future. Let's get her on the program in a future episode. I'd love to talk to that person. She would bring you better content. Um, that oh, you're doing. You're, Leroy, you're do trust me, Leroy, you're doing fine. I, 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 I just... I love your personality and who you are, Leroy. So keep, 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 keep talking. I love hearing you talk. Let's go. Let's go. Right. Yeah, yeah so definitely. Julie's going to come on your program soon. You're going to enjoy her thoroughly. She's well-spoken everything. You're, you're really enjoying Julie. But yeah, that's, that's what's happening here in Guyana. And I, I look forward to greater things happening for us as person with disabilities, because as an advocate, we are working endlessly day in, day out to make things right with us here in Guyana. But we're, we're trying, we're trying, we're getting somewhere. Right, right. I think the first thing that needs to happen is that, and I mean, I know it's difficult, and it's not really fair in a philosophical sense, Leroy, it's not really fair for me to say this, because I'm an American guy, but I think, in my American mind, I would think that blind people in Guyana should try to go to university and get into the workforce. However, that is oftentimes very difficult, if not possible. Um, in not just in Guyana, 
but in actually many countries around the world, um, it's becoming more and more difficult for people with disabilities to actively participate and serve their country. And this is, this is a growing problem all over the Caribbean and really in any country. Um, the other thing I think that people with disabilities should do is do what we're doing. Get into podcasting, get onto podcasts, create your own podcast. What I'm saying is get your voice out there, man. Get your voice into someone else's ears so that they can hear and learn from you. And I think that's a really important thing that would really help a lot of people in Guyana, certainly blind people or people with disabilities, but anyone. If you have a, th if you have a thought, create a podcast. Come and talk about yeah. it because yeah, I, I do journalism do journalism will, well, not just you, Leroy, I know you can do it. I'm just saying, and I, I hope that you will. And I hope that this episode inspires you to get into podcasting. Um, but I mean, I just think that more blind people need to just create their own podcast to share yeah. their opinions with the world. Because you know why it's important? Because it shows that we're here, right? If we're talking well, you know, right now, we have a voice. Yes, go ahead. I'm glad, sorry to, uh, for interjecting. Go, go right ahead. I am actually um, partnering very soon with, with one of our ministries to do a broadcasting training program over a three months period next year. And, you know, I'm glad I'm now in touch with you uh, because during my three months training next year, I'll bring you on one of the Zoom calls to interact with the participants because I'm going to train uh, at least 15 blind or visually impaired persons or any other persons with disabilities with a massive interest or any amount of interest in broadcasting because that's one of the hot topics among the disability community of lately we want to have our voices out there more i said i want more broadcasters who are blind and visually impaired have disabilities so that we can be in people's ears like mosquitoes crying all the time about the issues that are affecting us because they're hundreds of issues that are affecting us in this society. And I thought, you know what, being in the media is the best opportunity. Get into the media, talk all the time, and people will hear you somehow. So that's my objective, to work and get in more persons with disabilities within the um, broadcasting world. I tell you what, let's work together on this issue. I never make a promise I can't keep. So the promise I can keep is that all of those people who are learning broadcasting, if any of them, and hopefully all of them, if they wanna come here and they wanna do a group a group episode with me here on Aaron's Opinion to celebrate what they're doing, they are mm -hmm. always a thousand times over welcome here. So, don't, <laughs> so don't, for, don't forget it, make sure that Aaron's Opinion is included in helping these people to get into broadcasting. I would love to help you with that. Absolutely, yeah. yes. Yeah, yeah, sure. yeah. Um, that's a really good idea. I think that, um, a lot of blind people are actually intimidated intimidated to get into broadcasting. You don't need much. What you need is your opinions and a microphone. And then everything yes. else will, you know, fall into place. You do need to I learn how to. You. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I was saying I agree with you. You just need your opinion and a microphone. And that's basically what I do most of the time you know, with, you know, the addition of doing research and a few investigations and so forth. But you really just need your opinion and a microphone. Right, exactly, exactly, De definitely. Um, very good. And how um, in, in other news and in other things, so where have you traveled outside of Guyana? You've said you've done some traveling overseas. Yeah, fortunately, I've traveled um, to Barbados. Um, I can talk like them too, you know. I like going to Barbados. Those people are beautiful. <laughs> yeah, so I've been to Barbados. I've been to Trinidad and Tobago. 
Um, I love Trinidad and Barbados, actually. I've been to St. Lucia. I love, and you know what? I love St. Lucia. I volunteered there for six, uh, six weeks. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. I've been, to, I've been to Brazil. I've been to um, Jamaica. Think about Jamaica. I've spent about two weeks in Jamaica, so that was wonderful. I've only transited in, in Antigua before, Antigua and Barbuda. Um, then I traveled to the United States all the time. I, I've gone to the United States way too many times. Um, I've traveled many states in the States as well. Um, I've been to Belgium. I've been to Ireland, the Netherlands. I've been to the United Kingdom. I'll come back to tell you why I was in the United Kingdom, which will really send you back flicking over that chair in your office there. Um, I've, been, I've, been to, I've been to Malta. I've been to Malta. And before I got invited to Malta in 2015, November, I never knew that there's a country called Malta. Um, they're in the Mediterranean Sea. I've been to a lot of countries, France and um, Germany and those places. But going back to the UK, though, the UK is like the highlight of my life when um, I'm, I was, I'm a former president of the Young Voices, Guyana, Leonard Cheshire Disability, that's an international body based in the UK, and it has chapters called Young Voices around the world. Um, so I was once president for my chapter, and uh, in 2014, um, the Queen, Queen Elizabeth uh, II, uh, launched a program called the Queen's Young Leader Award, and they basically search for persons who are leading change in their community across the Commonwealth. And it so turned out to be that they found me on the internet. They sent my organization an email saying, we're looking for a young leader creating change in his and her world or corner of the globe. And they said, well, our best nominee is Leroy. And then they called me on the 7th, I think it was, of January 2015, to announce that this British woman called Sir Leroy, I'm going to announce you are one of the winner of the Queen's Young Leader Award 2020-2015. I'm like, really? And she said, yes, you're going to get to come to the Buckingham Palace and St. James's Palace to meet the Queen and Roy, a member of the family there. I'm like, wow, this is crazy. This is not happening. She's like, yes, you won the award. You're get ready. It's going to be a riveting experience. And from since January 2015, I was preparing for London in, in June that year. So I went to Ju- um, the United Kingdom in June, met her ex, her highness, um, Queen Elizabeth II at Buckingham Palace. Um, we got the chance to um, hang out, drink champagne and all these things together. We got the chance to exchange words. She asked me what I do, how long I do, who it targets and all these different things. And yeah, enjoy our time in the United Kingdom. We got a chance to meet David Beckham and all these different guys. It was such a remarkable wow. rewarding. Wow. Um, I've been podcasting for a couple of years. I've never spoken to anyone who's met the queen. That's a, <laughs> that's so you really you're I mean I believe you so you really got to talk to her and you really got to ask her questions. Yes, I you couldn't talk long with you couldn't right. talk long with her though. It was just right. one question too, but she did get right. to ask us questions and so, so forth. But it was well, wonderful. More hearing. more interestingly, what what if you did ask a, a question of the queen, what what question did you ask her? Well, I wouldn't tell you a lie. I don't remember what I was asking her because let me tell you to step in that palace, the amount of security checks you had to go through, the amount of briefing, we were briefed about going to the palace, 
particularly stepping foot into the palace's compound. We were being briefed at least three months before we got to the United Kingdom about meeting the queen, how to refer to her, what to do, what not to do, how to do it, why to say it, why to do it, all these different things. It was such an incredible, it's as though you're preparing to be a part of the filming of Black Panther. You understand? It was terrific. It was unbelievable um, at the Buckingham Palace when you got there. So when people got there, people hardly even remember what she said because they were so living in the clouds. They, they were in Club Nine. They, they couldn't come back down to earth to feel what the ground feels like when they got to the Queen. I heard person almost fainted when they meet the Queen. My aunt almost fainted when she met the Queen in addition to falling over her tall shoe, uh, heels. It was such a crazy moment. I sat, I sat there or stand there uh, waiting in line for my name to be called. And the guy who was on that speaker calling the name, he sounded as though he was like really in one of those ancient movies and they call your name, Leroy Phillips from Georgetown, Guyana. You're next to receive your award from the Queen, Her Majesty. And they, the way they did it, man, it was so surreal. We couldn't believe it. I, I, I really don't remember what I asked her, but I know we did speak for at least a minute and a half. Wow. That's, that's amazing. That's spectacular. Um, okay, well, do you at least remember what she asked you? Yeah, she, I did remember what she asked okay, me. She that's, said, okay, that's okay. Let, let's, let's go with that. So what did she ask you? Yeah, it was, so she said, hello, Leroy, congratulations. That's what she said right away. And she said, tell me, what do you do? What do you do back in Guyana? And I briefly told her what I do in Guyana. She said, how long have you been doing it for? And I told her the amount of years that I've been doing it for, which was pretty short, just under four years. And she said, well, you continue doing what you do and hopefully changes will continue to be created in a great way to make persons better. And this uh, something she went on to say, and then she said, take care. I will catch up for the remainder of your trip here. Wow. She was wonderful. That's amazing. That's really cool. Yeah, you remember those types of things for the rest. That's a story for the rest of your life. The yes, day, the I day you met. The day, the day you met the queen. Yes. 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 That's cool. That's cool. That's, that is cool. that's, that's amazing. That's amazing. Um, okay. And what other, I mean, England outside of Buckingham Palace, England is just a wonderful place to be. So what other great things did, did you do in England? Uh, well, I did. I did get a chance to go and watch cricket in um, England because I'm a huge cricket fan. So I did. Oh, sure. I did get to see some county cricket. We did get to tour some interesting places. I don't remember. Um, oh, one place I remember though um, is the BT Tower. The BT Tower. Um, never gone to it before in my life. Obviously, um, this tower they said only the rich and famous. I remember the tour guide. The person doing the tour guide told us, look, guys, this place that you're about to go in, um, only the rich, and he said in emphasis, the extremely rich and wealthy and famous people access this facility. And you guys going up into it should really take this moment in for a lifetime. When we got up to this building, I can't remember what the journey was like up to this building, but my most memorable moment to milk for the rest of my life is when I got to the top of that building, the news they broke to me and have me experience was mind boggling. The guy came and told me, Leroy, you're standing at the top of the BT tower. The outer skirts of the building is spinning. I'm like, you're kidding me, right? He said, no, 
the building spins. The outer surface of the building spins entirely around the middle portion of the building. So it's simple. When you go out into the veranda of the building to see the um, around um, the, uh, England, that part of the building is literally spinning around. So if you put one leg there and the other leg over the other side of the building, which is right there, it's just wide and open, um, no creases to fall through, the building is spinning. Your, your, your foot is literally running away and leave you slowly. And if you stand there all the time, you can tear your legs apart. And I literally stand on both sides of the building and did splits. I'm like, wow, who created this building? It was just incredible in the greatest sense that I can't even explain. That will stick with me forever. The BT Tower experience. Wow. Wow. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, there's a lot of famous towers, you know, all over the United States um, that are very iconic. Okay, and what did you think of the food in England? The food in England is wonderful. Well, it is. I am a foodie person, by the way, so I tend to eat a whole lot of food when I travel. Um, so I love the food in the UK. And the United Kingdom is actually one of my favorite, if not the most favorite place in the world, even though I get to come to America more often. But United Kingdom is my favorite place in the world, I would like to say. But definitely, I love the foods in the United Kingdom. So good. So good. A excellent. Excellent. Um, okay. And, you know, I mean, another thing is... Um, what can you tell our listeners about some of the uh, so some of the history of Guyana? Because much of the world doesn't really know much about your great nation. So what, what are some interesting things you can tell us about the history of your country, Guyana? Yeah, listen, I'm not, I'm not a very big historian. Um, very short memory. I know Guyana is a very sm <laughs> small but big place. Very small population, as I said earlier, 750,000 people. It's literally the size of a person you'll perhaps find in an airport um, in New York, maybe North Airport. Uh, that's how small um, our population is. We can fit all of us in one airport. Um, even though we're eight to 3,000 square miles um, big. Uh, we are a country of six people, six races. We have the Indians, the Chinese, the Amerindians, the Africans, the Black, uh, and um, I have somebody else I'm missing out. But we're, we're um, a country of six people. Uh, that's one of the things that stands out for us. Um, we are very hospitable people, I can tell you that for sure. We tend to treat people better than people treat us when we travel. So people always like come to Guyana because of the hospitable treatment. Um, I also said... It has uh, 10 regions, um, like how you have 10 states, uh, well, not 10 states, rather. Uh, how many states do you guys have in America? 51? 50. Right, 50 states, because I think Washington, D.C. is a district, right? Um, right, so we have 10 administrative regions, um, and people live in all of them. Some are hardly populated than the others. But yeah, we have 10 regions. We have three counties, Burbese, Essequibo, and Bar uh, Essequibo, Burbese, and Demerara, rather. Um, and people are heavily populated in Demerara, because that's where the capital city is, Georgetown. Um, a lot of slaves um, moved from India and other parts of the world to come to uh, Guyana and develop the place here. So. Yeah, yeah, we were built on this um, on the back of the slaves and so forth. So that's basically as much as I can give you on the history of Guyana. Wonderful <laughs> place. We were we were once ruled by the queen. I must tell you that we were once ruled by the queen, and we gained our independence on the 
26th of May, 1966. That's when we um, parted um, with the British monarchy. Sure, sure. It's really, really fascinating. So you mentioned how there's a lot of groups of people living in Guyana. So um, before English, uh, what, what languages did most Guyanese people speak? By the way, Creole. I speak... We speak Creole, Creole Guyanese, which Guyanese. is very bad, which is very bad, broken up English. Um, we talk that, you can't understand us. Okay, so if you spoke the, because, because I'm, I'm also a French speaker, by the way. Um, so French is my second language. So I appreciate being able to speak more than one, one language. Mm, can you give me a couple good sentences that illustrate Creole uh, with, your, with your Guyanese uh, enthusiasm too? Really, really illustrate some Creole for me so I can hear, hear the beauty of the language. Hey, Aaron, boy, when I done this interview, so you saw, I gone down say so by these two desserts and bust a line with me friends them and enjoy myself, get a little high and, you know, get myself a little blister up and then go on and enjoy myself. You know, understand? You know, beat myself good, hang out with the boys and go on the streets and everything, though, you understand? I look after myself, then lie down my bed, just fall to sleep and everything, wake up, chill, uh, prepare for work and then beat out, come back here, so bravo, start all over again. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I got a lot of it. So it's like a, um, yeah, it's a Creole. It's, it's your own kind of Guyanese English kind of like that. Yes. Yeah. Yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. See, but that's that's interesting because as you know from my podcast, I have many great friends from, from Jamaica. And when they speak their Jamaican Creole, their Jamaican language, I can't understand it. Like, I understand even less of it. They have They have their own vocab that they can interject into it too. So it's very interesting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It is. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, definitely people in different parts um, in each country in the Caribbean definitely have their own accent, their own expressions, their own ways of talking for sure. Yeah. Mm hmm. Yep. Definitely. Definitely. That's that's really, really good. Um, and so um, what are some countries that you hope to travel to uh, in the future? Well, I do hope to go. I do hope to go to uh, Russia. I do want to go to Russia for sure. I also would love to spend some time in Norway. I always wanted to go to Norway, so I hope that opportunity will come sometime soon. But yeah, any country I've never been to before, I'd like to go, but not the ones that crimes you know are very high and dangerous, like you know, like the Afghanistan, Iraq area. Um, Israel and Pakistan and those places but I've also been to India so no big deal right cool 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 okay um and what are your hobbies when you are not doing all this great work for NCN and things like that I I lime a lot oh there I hang out a lot with friends I hang quite a lot with friends and we drink a lot of alcohol um I also play cricket I play playing cricket um which has also been introduced to the United States of America in the last year or so so you'll probably find out about it rather soon uh, but yeah that's basically what I do I listen Excellent. to a lot of audiobooks as well um and so um what questions do you have here for Aaron, Aaron Richmond and Aaron's opinion? So the first thing that I was wondering, so it's, I've said it before, your name always kind of rang a bell. So had you heard of me before? Had you ever heard of an Aaron Richmond before? I think I must have come across your name on uh, a Facebook page. I have lots of American line of vision pair friends. So I might have come across your name before. It doesn't sound strange to my ear. That's what I can tell you for sure. 
Well, interesting. Okay. So yeah. what, what, what would you like to learn from me and, and what would you like to learn, learn and know and, and ask about me and, and my life and, and who I am? Yeah. So you teach, how long have you been teaching for? I've been teaching for six years. What brought you into the field of teaching? What motivated you? Well, I had been given a lot of opportunities to teach people while I was in university. And each time I taught someone, I loved it and, it, and enjoyed it more and more. So from there, I discovered that actually I'm a teacher. Um, and I also discovered that I have a lot of opinions. And then over time, I turned the opinions into recordings that became this podcast. So that's how we got all the way to here. Mm -hmm. What did you major in at the university? I studied international relations. Um, and I, I wish that I had studied broadcasting. But if I had, I probably wouldn't be broadcasting, you know. <laughs> <laughs> we study one thing and then we work in another. So that's does that mean does that mean you're not doing anything IR related? That that does mean that, but I, I would say that I'm very interested in what goes on around the world. And my interest in IR has helped me to maintain rapport and understanding of people from other nations, all the nations of our planet. So I think that's a really important fact that I'm someone who's very interested in, in your life and the lives of, of all people around the world. So yeah exciting it is it is yeah yeah how often do you go to saint lucia um not often you know all my trips i've only went on one trip that i spent my own money on and that was vacation in 2018 in america um other than that all my trips that i've ever been to were fully sponsored by organizations here and abroad interesting um, and when you were in the United States, where did you go? Right. So I've, I don't remember the buildings, but I've been to a lot of popular sites and so forth because um, there's this organization called the Global Sports Mentorship Pro Program, GSMP, Global Sports Mentorship Program. Um, <laughs> it's based in Knoxville, Tennessee, um, at that university there. And um, they um, invited me on a sports program that the embassy here in Georgetown awarded me with. They train disabled persons in sports around the world. 20 of them are 18 yearly um, at the end and beginning of the year. <laughs> and I was one. And then where you go, there's a very compact 35 days program. And they took me to about 12 states in America. I don't remember all of them, but I've been to Kentucky. I've been to Lou uh, that's Louisville, Kentucky. I've been to DC. I've been to New York. I've been to New Jersey. I've been to um, Texas, I've been to Knoxville, of course, I've been to Atlanta, I have been to Maryland, and a few, uh, quite a few other states I've traveled to, and I was really thankful for that trip in 2018 to have gone to all those states in America. Never thought I would have gone there before. So good. You mentioned earlier that you do a lot with sports. Can you expand on it a little bit and tell us more about the different athletic experiences you've had? So I ran a fair bit, I ran a fair bit, but we don't have a very good uh, infrastructure for sports here in the, Carib in the Caribbean uh, for PWDs or persons with disabilities. So that was short-lived. Even with blind cricket, we had our best moments with blind cricket, but even that is dwindling now due to some internal affairs um, and so forth. Um, <laughs> but I play a lot of domino um, here in Guyana and I swam a little bit, but again, we don't have the support mechanism in this country. Uh, to go beyond the baby stages of involvement in sports. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've interviewed several people who participated. One person in particular who participated in the in the Paralympics. Yeah. So, so it's really interesting. So there are blind people who and people with disabilities who do participate in, in the Olympics. So do you think Guyana sent a large delegation to the Olympics in Tokyo? Um, I don't think they did. I, I'll be honest with you. I did not follow it, period. Whatever I probably knew, I barely overheard it um, passing people on the road and so on. But I, I'm not sure. I don't think they did. I know they did send um, a few persons, but how large or small, I'm unaware. I see. I see. Um, that is fine. And what what is like Ghana's, uh, Ghana's, what is uh, Guyana's number one? It's easy to mix those two up. You're right. It is easy to mix that up. What are Guyana's number one sport that they, that, that, that they play competitively? Mm -hmm. ah, that's difficult to say, but uh, um, between soccer slash football and cricket, I think it would be football or soccer. Yeah, it would be football. Mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, it would be yeah. football. Are there a lot of um, professional football teams there in Guyana? Lots of professional football teams here in Guyana. Um, they love their football. They play football in the street ever so often. We don't play cricket as much, though, but they do play cricket in the streets, but not as much as they play their football era. It's widely played. I, I see. That's really, really good. That's that's really excellent. Um, and outside of all of that, what are some of your favorite? Oh, what is a? I've never asked a Guyanese person this. What is a famous food or your favorite dish to eat as far as a meal? What's your favorite Guyanese meal? We have something called cook up, and you can't ask me a follow up question to that because I am not a cook, and I can't tell you how they make cook up. I just know that they make it with a coconut. Um, they grate the coconut and they squeeze the milk from the coconut into the boiled rice. They put all sorts of things inside of the rice. Like, I, I, I really don't know. But they put all sorts of things in the rice to make it nice. And it comes out really good. But they call it cook-up. Cook-up could carry all the meats inside. It could carry chicken. It could carry fish, beef, pork, um, chowns or any vegetarian meat. Um, it could carry pigtail. It could carry anything inside. That's why they call it cook-up. Cook-up is known for being a mix-up food. So it's rice and meat with some coconut milk all yes. stirred and spiced together. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, that's really good. That's really, really excellent. You would love our food. Well, actually, if truth be told, I'll love I'll love any food. So there's there's no meal that I will not love, you see. Mm -hmm. <laughs> You're like me. Yeah. Well, good. <laughs> I see. I see. Um and um, yeah, so how do, so I mean, right now, are you living in, in, in Georgetown, in the capital? I am living in the capital city, and where I work is just 10 minutes drive away from home. Oh, okay. So now how do you go from your home to work, by the way? Taxi or a minibus. Okay, okay. So then Georgetown is pretty built up then if they have taxis driving around, right? Yeah, it's pretty built up. It's, it's where most of the persons in the country live. Okay, so in other words, most of the activity in Guyana revolves around Georgetown. In other words, Georgetown yeah. is... Georgetown, Georgetown is the government, basically. Right, right. And then everyone else lives in towns around the country. Scattered. Sc all scattered around. Right, right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, 
Yeah. So if you're living out there in the countryside, like how long would it take someone to drive from their country town all the way to, to, to Georgetown? It depends because the, yeah. um, the, the capital city is so condensed with people um, to go out of the city could take a long drive and to get deep into the countryside could take you hours. I see. I see. So it could be several hours away. Mm. Indeed. Mm, mm. I, I see. <laughs> several hours indeed. I, I see. I see. And uh, so how many hours are you actually working in the radio in NCN, you know, each day on a daily so basis? So it's a nine to five job, but because I'm doing university and other disciplines, I call this my office, even though I share it with five other colleagues. I still call it my office because I use it most of the time. Um, I, I'm supposed to leave work at five, but nobody throws you out if you don't leave. So I'm here till 10 in the night, sometimes till nine doing extra work for them or myself or university work and so on. I don't get the peace and quiet at home to do UG work, university work. So I stay here and do then go home. Okay. Um, and so how can someone overseas listen to NCN and tune into these radio stations in your country? Where can someone find the stations and learn more they, about? Mm -hmm. They can go to ncnguyana.com. That's ncnguyana.com. And then the rest is simple. They'll, they'll just have to click on the link that shows radio stations. And they can select the one that says the voice of Guyana or VOG. Right, right. I see. That's that's really good. So um, do you broadcast on any other station or are you only on voice of Guyana? Um, I only broadcast predominantly on the voice of Guyana. But if there's a need to go on any other station, I will go. But it's also rare in the extreme sense. R right, right. Sure, sure. I see. I see. Um, and so... Are, are your stations in Guyana, are they all internet stations, online stations, or do they still use uh, some terrestrial lots, radio? Lots of them are online, but we have internet issue in this country that we're still learning to develop. So I guess in the coming years, we'll be better off. But for now, you can still find us on the internet, but we jump off on and off steady. I see. So the stations are on 24 hours a day, but sometimes they go in and out depending on the, the internet signal and things like that. Indeed. Mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a big problem. There's a lot of radio stations all over the Caribbean. Uh, it's quite a common uh, activity to, to listen to the radio. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep, indeed. Well, very, well, very good. Very, very good. So, um, you know, let me just let me just say that it's been a real a real pleasure um interviewing you today you did you did a magnificent job so what are some we actually i really i really appreciate you coming in today because you know this is the art of podcasting you say when we started you were a little nervous you said you only had 30 minutes but let me actually tell you we've been speaking for nearly an hour i actually have five minutes left so in these five minutes i know Whoa. i know i know you were you were a little shy at first but it didn't last you did a magnet you did a magnificent interview so i always love to ask guests you know if you could only ask me only one question to see if I'm really worth my salt to really make me sweat as a podcaster, what do you really want to know about me? What do you don't like about yourself most that you'd like to improve on, but it's difficult to work on? What I don't, what I don't like about myself, I, lo I love that. I love that question. What I dislike about myself is that I need to work on finding other ways of 
approaching people and continuing to improve on being comfortable talking to people that actually I'm a very introverted and shy person. So sometimes when I talk to people at first, sometimes I'm a little shy or a little abrupt until we really get into a full interview and then I fully understand the story. So yeah. And then of course I would, I would, I have, that's such a good question. I have to flip it around. What's the thing that you would like to change most about yourself? Oh, interesting well you brought um, it you brought it up that means you have an answer i know um i would like to be less playful um i can get too playful and don't realize it because i like to keep myself happy there was one time in my life i hardly smiled because i didn't have anything to smile for at least that's what i thought but i was wrong because i discovered i had lots to smile for because persons but i never see you smile and i'm like do i have to smile while walking the road do i have to smile if i just come up my bed I'm like, I will smile if there's something to smile. And then that struck me since. And since that day onward, I found it necessary to smile in spite of any challenges in my life. That's a really good answer. And I don't think you're too playful at all. I love your, I love your Guyanese accent. I love your Guyanese personality. And it's, it's the personality that I love here at Aaron's Opinion. Someone who cares, you're a kind person, you care, you work hard, you're successful. You, you love to talk to people. You know, you're the, ty- you're the type of correspondent we need right here at Aaron's Opinion. So we have people all over the world who are gonna love to talk to you in the WhatsApp group in a minute. But yeah, um, that's, that's all a really good answer. So, you know, why don't, why don't we walk out with some music? I mean, I gotta put you on the spot a little tiny bit. Could you, could you sing for us? You do not have to, by the way. Could you sing the Guyanese national anthem? I've never heard it before. Well, if I remember it well, I'll just give you a little clip of it. <clears throat> Dear land of Guyana, of rivers and plain, wherein by the sunshine and lush by the rain, said with mothers, Yes, I don't remember all the words, but that's as best as I can do. Okay. Well, that is that is still very, 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 very beautiful. But you know the interesting thing about it, though, Aaron? Yes. I Well, not me alone. I've heard of some thousands of people or lots of persons that would have said this before. They don't remember the, the national anthem if they have to do it like how you asked me to. But if we hear that national anthem you would think we were the ones who wrote the lyrics. Yeah, yeah, because you associate more the fact that, that that song belongs to your to the Guyanese people more than you actually remember the words behind the anthem. You yep. you respect the concept of anthem. Of course, of course you do. Of course. Mm-hmm. Of course. So I don't remember it if I have to do it like this. But if you play, I will sing it properly. Oh well that's fine because I because you know what? I don't I don't really remember the words either. <laughs> <laughs> so but it's been a pleasure being here. It it really it really has. You are always always welcome here at Aaron's opinion. Thank you so much, Leroy Phillips. Have a great evening. All right. Thank you. You've been listening to A Voice from Guyana right here on Life Improvement Radio or wherever you get a podcast. Thanks so much, everybody. I'm glad you enjoyed that episode today. I really learned a lot. And thank you, Leroy, for being my first Guyanese guest. And hopefully we will have many, many, many more experiences 
working with your students that you will soon be teaching radio and journalism to there in Guyana. And I actually look forward as I'm uh, recording this this track, this uh, conclusion, this end, this out, this outro. I'm I'm recalling that you would like me to work with some of those students from Guyana here on Aaron's Opinion. So I really look forward to that. I wish you the very best of luck, very best of success to you, and keep up your great work at NCN. Thank you to the Helium Radio Network for syndicating Aaron's Opinion. I really appreciate it. To all the guests and everybody in the audience from all over the world, thanks so much. Very best of luck and very best of health to you. one 6819869 Aaron's Opinion 6 at gmail.com. Follow Facebook, Twitter, comment below on YouTube. Even consider becoming a patron on my Patreon page. I really enjoyed that episode today, as I enjoy every episode. All right? That's all I have to say for this one. Thanks so much, everybody. Help one person today. Help a million people tomorrow. Aaron Richmond, Aaron's Opinion on Life Improvement Radio on the Helium Radio Network. <laughs>